0: Hello I'm Major Adrian Allman and I'm Captain Claire Allman welcome to the Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army podcast series. Birmingham Citadel is a Christian church located in Birmingham city centre in the UK. This podcast is a recording of the Bible message that is shared during the Sunday worship service. You can now watch our service online through live stream at 10.30am every Sunday morning and can also find our stories and videos on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. It's good to have you share with us and as you listen we pray that God will speak to you. May you know God's abundant blessing today. You know we um, we read early in the, the scripture today. Um, the theme that's that's, that 's the, highlight the words that are highlighting the theme for Covenant Sunday today of being together and living in god 's covenant. There they are on the screen. And over this week and the next week we 've decided to break down the two main elements of this well known Bible verse in order to, to give us more time to think it through. Um, and so this week we 're going to be focusing on what it means to, to love God. Now in our house, you maybe have heard me say this before, in our house when we say I love you, we often want to expand upon that and say how much we love each other. And we do this by saying we love someone more than something we know that we really like. So for instance, Katie might say I love you mummy more than ham sandwiches. And I might say back to her I love you Kate," more than salt and vinegar Pringles. Rosie might say, I love you, Dad, more than TikTok or YouTube. And he might say, I love you, Rosie, more than Animal Crossing or Hull City Football Club. Who knows? Whilst it's a little gimmicky um, and, it, and it, a little family thing that we do, we recognize that we, the things that we like and we recognize that our love for each other is greater than those things. We say and show our love to each other out of our own free will. It comes naturally to us. So something that struck me um, this week, that's never really struck me before actually, as I was looking at these so very well-known verses, is that we're commanded to love. Jesus here is telling them and us that we are commanded to love God. How can someone be commanded to love another? Isn't love to be spontaneous and natural through a relationship? Isn't love something that magically happens? Perhaps our eyelashes flutter and our heart goes boom, boom, boom. How can love be commanded? Martin Luther, before his rediscovery of the gospel of Jesus and Paul, of justification by grace alone through faith, faith was agonizing over his inability to keep god's commandments or even make proper penance for them when someone suggested to him that he was trying too hard all he really had to do was to love god his response was love god sometimes i hate him strong words eh but perhaps quite truthful i wonder if any of us have felt like martin luther So why should we love God? Well, we love God in response to God's love for us. In 1 John 4, those beautiful words that says, hopefully they'll come up on the screen, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is born of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. It's not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So it's not that we loved God, but God has taken initiative to love us. Our love for God is in response to his love for us. On my own, I'm incapable of loving God, I've never seen God, I love him because he first loved me. When we are unlovable, God loves us. When we rebel from God, he loves us. Is it that God's love is so compelling that we respond with love for him? But the command Jesus gives us to love is not a call to some ooey-gooey feeling of love. In fact, it's not a command to feeling at all. It's a command to radical obedience. Not simply in outward conformity, but to genuine inwards motivations. So much of the time we hear calls to come to God because he will turn your scars into stars. He will carry you when you can go no further. However... Jesus' call to love God when he confronts you with the death. Jesus' call is a call to love God when he confronts you with the death of a loved one, perhaps, or with your own mortality, or some other impossible burden. Those of us who came to him for eternal life, and I'm one of those, we often fail miserably in this test. When Jesus answered the Pharisees' question about the greatest commandment with love God wholly and your neighbor as yourself, he was throwing down the gauntlet to them. They kept the law, so they thought. Yet who really loves God with all the heart, soul, mind and strength? Do you? Think about the people you love. You want to spend time with them. You love just being with them. You, You want to make them happy. Usually, we count down the minutes until we can stop. Usually, when it comes to pray, we want to count. We should, many of us should count the minutes until we can pray again. But often, perhaps we, we count down the minutes until we stop praying. Jesus' word would work on an exhausting day and then spend all night with his Father. How many of us devour his word as much as relish as, as we eat the scrumptious meal? Yet, yeah, isn't that a crucial component of love, to desire to be with and communicate with that person. So this commandment Jesus answers the Pharisees with is originally found in Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these verses are called the Shema. Jews would recite these verses many times a day. The Shema reminded them of who they served. It reminded them that God was one God and he alone was to be worshipped. To love God means to worship him and we worship whatever is important to us. And as they said, the Shema, they were saying that God claimed the first place in their lives. The first of the commandments is that we're to have no other God before the Lord. But placing God in the first priority isn't always easy, is it? There are many people and things that vie for that position. We struggle to keep God there. We set goals, perhaps, of spending time with him first thing in the morning, but having a few extra minutes in bed, getting organized for the day, checking our emails and such, like, often get our attention. We decide to spend time with the Lord during our lunch break or just before bedtime, but someone intrudes on our time or 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 with with God or we're tired, too tired to pray and to read the Bible. Sometimes even our ministry of helping others interferes with our time with God. You know, as I was forming my thoughts for today, my mind took me back to when I was a teenager and I had a great love for the Scottish soap, Take the High Road. I still really like it. And um, I like to watch it. You know, you can watch it on STV Player. If you're ever interested in wanting to watch Take the High Road, it's on STV Player. And um, I just absolutely loved it. And it was on three times a, a, a week. I was so excited by this. Um, but I remember on one occasion, Phil Wall came to stay at our house. And Phil, at the time, was worked for the Salvation Army. He was an evangelist and director of the youth program, A Love. And my mum at the time was the the youth officer for the Salvation Army in Scotland. And at the dinner table, I had this conversation with him about how much I loved Take the High Road, which, as I think about it, was quite embarrassing, really, in in hindsight. Um, And in in Phil's no-nonsense way, um, and in in his sort of truth-speaking way, he uh, said something along the lines to me of, be careful you don't love it more than God. And I remember being quite taken aback, but it hit home to me. And since then, I often think about some of the things that I enjoy doing and some of the loves that I have in life and ask myself what Phil said that day. Do I love this more than God? (laughs) Would I rather do this and spend time with God? And maybe that's a question that's relevant um, for all of our thinking this morning. For the things that we do, we can think over the things that we enjoy doing in the week. Where is God in the list of your priorities? Does he get the best of your time? Does he get the first of your income? Because that too is a measure of how much you love him. Do you love God? Jesus said, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Notice that word that keeps on coming up there, all. (laughs) This little three-letter word is so very important. Jesus didn't mean part of your heart, some of your soul, a piece of your mind. The scripture said all. These words represent our whole being, feelings, thoughts, personality. Jesus was demanding that our love for God come from our whole person, our every faculty and capacity. We cannot love God by just using our intellect or relying on our emotions solely. Besides, love is something that can be best expressed when all human faculties are utilized together. So let's just unpack what that means a bit. Loving God involves our will. The will of humankind refers to the particular desire, purpose, and pleasure, and choice. Loving God requires the exercise of our will. Loving God should be our purpose and desire. It's not something that happens automatically, but rather a decision that we make and choose to do over and over again, every day, every minute. That's why loving the Lord is a command, because we do not automatically love God. Loving God is not something that we wait to happen. We must make the decision to do so. So, if you truly love God with all your heart, your soul, mind, and strength, it should be the passion of our hearts. Loving God involves our intellect. You cannot love somebody without perhaps getting to know them a bit first. We need to find out that, that if the person has enough reasons why we should love them. God is not unfair. He did not ask for our love without revealing himself to us. Jesus Christ came to reveal the Father, his plans and purposes for our lives. And based on this revelation of him, he is challenging us to respond in love. And after we have the decision to love God, he continues to reveal his heart to us. The decision to love God should be based in our understanding of his character, purpose and actions. The God whom... Jesus is asking us to love Is the God who is perfect, loving, holy, righteous, just, truthful, faithful. His purpose is to make us whole, fulfilled, safe, happy, peaceful, respectful. And he showed his love by becoming like us as humans, sacrificed his life, gave up his throne, his glory, his honor. What else do you want that God will do to prove his love for you? Where else can you find a God like our God? There is none like him. It just makes sense. Loving God with all our minds is letting him have the intellectual right in us, making him the preoccupation of our minds. Loving God involves our strength. Loving someone motivates us to serve and to show our love to him or her. We demonstrate our love by doing things that meet the person's need and purposes. And in the same way, loving God requires our strength. Our love for God should cause us to offer our bodies as its instruments in accomplishing his plan. We make ourselves available for service. We find time to do things that will honor and please our God. Love is an intangible virtue that needs concrete evidence that it exists. Service is one of the best expressions of love. And then loving God involves our emotions. Love is seen by the actions we demonstrate, but love can be felt by the emotions that we express. Although emotion is not the best measurement of one's love, love cannot be without feeling. Love is a verb, an action word, and there are corresponding emotions that go with it, like joy, peace, comfort, and perseverance. If we love God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul and our strength, we should have that feeling of confidence, joy, (laughs) peace and comfort because of the thought that we love the greatest subject, that God is the greatest subject of our love. Loving God with all our hearts will mean having the inspiration in our day-to-day existence. Loving God with all our hearts means that we look forward to and enjoy every minute to spend with him. Today we've been thinking about what it means to love God and next week we'll be thinking about what it means to love others. But as you go about your life this week, I encourage you to think about your love for God and where you prioritize him in your life. Perhaps you have to ask the question that Phil said to me about loving something more than you love God. But also, how do you show that love and this can help us to start thinking about how we show that love to others. Now, I don't have any pets, but I have often heard of cats bringing in gifts to their owners of caught birds or mice. And whilst we would think this to be pretty gruesome, I'm told that this is the cat's way of showing love. This is their love language, so to speak. And like the cat, we all have a way of showing our love. We all have a love language. According to Gary Chapman, a man who's written a book about this, there are five love languages that are, that are the different ways in which we receive and express love. And these are, they come up on here, acts of service, gift giving, physical touch, quality time, and words of affirmation. Although it's not wholly possible to translate these into our relationship with God, we can't physically touch him, it's worthwhile spending time discerning how our preferred love language affects our lives as Christians. In particular, as we think about our covenant of being together, living in God's covenant. So perhaps you can spend some time this week thinking about your love language. Which love language is your preferred way of receiving and giving love. So it could be different. What you, how you give love could be different to how you receive it. How can I use my preferred language to show love for God, to show love for others? Quality time could mean spending time with God, sitting in your favorite chair, going for a walk, going for a run. And focus on being with God. Gift-giving could be about writing a letter or a poem to God. If you're feeling creative, you might want to make something. Draw a picture. Or make a cake that you can share with someone else. Words of affirmation. Find a song. Find some verses that speak of God's love that you can say to him. You could create your own verse, your own psalm. Physical touch. Well, we can't do that so easily. And certainly in COVID times, it's more difficult to express that with each other. But we can show the love of God. Perhaps if we ask someone if they want a hug, it could be something that they've been longing for. An acts of service. We want to spend time in prayer asking God how we can serve him today. Be attentive to the opportunities. I've put a sheet together And I encourage you to take it at the end and think about these things through. As you think about this covenant this week and think about your love for God and how you show that and how you show that with others, I encourage you to really read through these sheets and ask those questions to yourself. Do you really love God? Where is he in your priorities? If you love him, how do you show that love? Right at the beginning I asked, how can we be commanded to love? But then I said, we love because he loved us first. We love him for all that he has done for us. And so as we conclude our time of worship together, we're going to sing a song where we consider all that God has done for us to remind us as we leave this place of why we love him and take, up, take that with us. And those thoughts with us this week, we're not going to have a time of reflection this week because I'm going to encourage you by taking this sheet to reflect all this week on on this love that you have for God. We're still in this new year period, and as we bring this new year together, let's show our love for God in words of affirmation. Let's raise a song to bless God's heart for all he has done. You know, it's traditional in our house that we sing Old Lang Syne as the bells ring in, this, in the new year. Well, we're not going to sing the words of Old Lang Syne, but we're going to sing the tune. We're going to marry that tune to some beautiful words written by the Christian group Rend Collective that encourage us to raise a song to bless God's heart for all that he has done. And it's beautiful words, and that chorus says, For all that you have done for us, for every battle won, we will raise a song to bless your heart for all that you have done. Let's stand and sing this together. Thank you. The Lord our God is the one and only God. Therefore go out into the world and love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love others as you love yourself. And may God give you justice and freedom. May Christ Jesus set you free for love. And may the Holy Spirit go where you go and protect you on your way. So go to follow Christ's example in loving God, self and neighbor. Go with the Holy Spirit to change the world with love. God's love goes with us. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. So you don't miss any further recordings, please subscribe to this podcast and also share and review it to help other people find and join our Birmingham Citadel online congregation. This has been a production for Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army in the United Kingdom. If you'd like to know more about us or want to worship with us, then visit our webpage at birminghamcitadel.co.uk.